0: Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth and marketing with business owners, thought leaders and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds.
1: Oh, Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Chris Yeen from Squash Australia around the topic, the growth of squash in Australia. Chris, how are you going?
0: Very well, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on board. It's pretty exciting and a good opportunity to talk about uh, a very big sport here in Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's something that um, a lot of people love, and it should be way more popular.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. I, it's it's amazing how many people you you sort of speak to over the years that used to play a fair bit of it, and then for whatever reason they stopped yeah, playing. Man. But there is a, quite of a. Uh, yeah, almost every sort of second or third person uh, that I sort of speak to now uh, that I say, oh, you know, I work for Squash Australia. And they're like, oh, I used to play squash back in the day and I might have known them for 20 years and um, but it was something they played as a kid. So it's it's very interesting that while the numbers aren't, you know, aren't, aren't the highest of what they used to be in the past but so many people have played and used to play quite frequently. So it's great.
1: Yeah, so true. I, I actually had, I had that, I had this realisation uh, with my sister too and she knows that, I play squash, and then she reminded me, and I I, I just had in my, in my mind that she had never never played squash for some reason. She was like, "No, I used to play." I remember when I was like, "God, oh, that's right, you did!" Like when I was like a little kid, because um, she's like ten years sort of older than me. It's like, "That's right, you did too for a while." Like even <laughs> even even her, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That. Um, so before we dive into the main topic, I'll just get like for people who don't. Who don't know you? Which would probably be many people listening to this yep, podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, can you just give everyone just a bit of a short intro about about um, who you are, uh, squash Australia, and anything else you'd like to to add, Chris? Yeah,
0: so I've uh, I've been with squash Australia in the uh, PR and communications coordinator role for twelve months, and um, and my lovely wife and I we moved up from uh, from sunny Victoria to uh, to Brisbane uh, in uh, middle of t- or early. 2019 for a bit of a change of pace, change of scenery. Um, but I grew up in, in Victorian country football and I was a sports journalist over there before I progressed to uh, to be the media manager of, uh, I think, about uh, four major football netball leagues in Victoria under the AFL Goldfields Hub. And, um, and, and so when I've come up to Squash Australia, I've, uh, I've, I've enjoyed having that experience of being involved in a, in a big footy environment and being able to take some of those skills because football is god in Victoria in a sense, mm. in a sense uh, the Aussie rules so to be able to bring that into, uh, into this role and uh, which has which worked out beautifully. And I guess Swash Australia, we're responsible for working with uh, with all states and centres right around the country to assist them to help them grow the game while also putting a big impact on growing development uh, with a big focus on high performance as well, working in partnership with uh, the AIS, uh, Com Games Australia, and uh, working closely with Sport Australia too to build the next lot of talent to uh, represent Australia at uh, future games. So there's a fair bit of focus in that and a lot of what we sort of do is uh, the, the, the success of the high-performance team it ensures that uh, we, we're able to get access to more government funding that we can therefore use on participation programs to further grow our other programs at other levels. So that's, that's where we're sort of at. And we're assist with uh, all sort of online, um, working with uh, to getting competitions up and running and, and assisting with that. So our focus is to, to help the states and help the centres thrive and also uh, to, to make the sport, uh, represent the sport um, in, a, in a big way on the international scale.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting like I always find interesting part about sport in general, and like I'm specifically talking about squash is, is like so much of of people's experience these days of of sport outside of like actually playing it. Then if if people are going to get interested in it, or you know, uh, sort of revisiting it, or they're like seeing it for the first time, is then you know how how much they're influenced or, you know, kind of want to be a part of something again can sometimes then also come from the online space too, from, you know, watching things like people's, uh, because people do that obviously a lot. Like mm-hmm. how, how is, um, how is I guess like in, in your experience for what you've done before coming to squash Australia, how has you know that kind of experience informed thinking about, that aspect of it like say you know the on online media part of it
0: yeah it's it's interesting because when i first joined afl goldfields uh, we had a few avenues that we were sort of working through online so we had maybe uh for our various leagues we may have had one tv show per week uh my my desire was to grow like it was, it was an online tv show per week um my ex- experience was to to um I turned a foot what was a football netball show to two football shows and a netball show in the middle of the week. So what we did is when I when I went to the recording studio, so to speak, uh, I would record a, a review of the weekend's matches and a preview of the next weekend's matches, and then do a netball show that spoke more about what what happened from the weekend and what's happening this weekend. So we went from having probably one show per week per league, and sometimes that was stretching it to growing it to three. Um, then so we had three major leagues and then we, had a, we, had, we were working on the women's side of things. Uh, so we had a, a women's competition that has since started to thrive. So we added another TV show in there. So adding an, another one under our umbrella, we were recording 10. So then we went back to our football netball records and we're like, well, I wanted to set a format to ensure that what coverage we wanted, to, I wanted to have equal coverage for netball as football was getting, because football was was massive and I wanted to highlight the growth of female participation in sport anyway so we address that to try and get netball the netball coverage up to standard in the weekly records that people buy at the ground or read online so i've taken that and i've gone we've we've looked at all the major areas uh w- within our football netball area and everyone's getting maximum coverage so me sort of coming into this role here i'm looking at what we've got the states i'm looking at what we've got all the centers around the country and i'm and my focus is we have to focus on the grassroots. We have to focus on the bottom, which is exactly what we did with, with goal fields. I was, uh, I was privileged to be the innovator of that, to make sure that all leagues were getting the same coverage and all people were getting the same coverage. So when I sort of, uh, when I sort of came here to squash Australia, once I sort of settled myself in, my aim was, okay, we have to do a lot more work in promoting what's happening around the centers around Australia, share what's sort of going on. Uh, we've already got an existing audience um, and the centers have got an existing audience. So let's try and take our audience to them and, and share some of that. So, um, so some centers can, uh, can look at other centers through our social media channels and look at what other centers are doing and, and get other ideas and collaborate and things like that. So it's all part of this big networking process. Um, so we've already got a lot of great work that's happening at high performance level, but I'll really want to consolidate on what's happening at, found, at the foundation because that's, that's where everyday punters come in and, and everyone loves seeing themselves online
1: yeah yeah it's those it's those um stories right you know it's like mm. those you know it's it's the um i can't remember what the um the term is but you know it's generally about the idea that stories sell you know not not necessarily even in the strict marketing sense but you're selling an idea you know mm. and things are you know are best conveyed i think anyway like through through stories i mean we've been doing it as humans forever. Mm. You know, we, we, we tell, we're still, and, you know, to weave an idea into, you know, either you seeing yourself in that person, but you're exactly right. I mean, mm. like it's, it's like a, a, a grassroots level is always super important for anything. Cause it's the foundation for, you know, for all, all, all future growth. And I mean, yeah. in, in, um, and I guess as a segue, just kind of leading into um, a question that I had about your perspective on what um, what squash was like in, say, the 70s and 80s, I suppose, like when yep. when um, Australia was really, you know, one of the leading sort of nations in the world as, as far as squash, really, weren't we? And yeah,
0: absolutely. Through the uh, through the 70s and 80s, and, and, the, and the World Junior Champs have, have served a really good platform for that as well. Seeing the great amount of talent that's come through through the 70s and 80s, and, and even into the early parts of the 90s, uh, seeing those young players sort of come through and, and, and seeing the talent at, at, at the top stage was reflective of the audience and the participation we had around the country in general. Mm. And then you look at someone uh, like Heather Mackay, who's probably... Uh, one, one of the most recognizable should be one of the most recognizable sporting figures in the history of Australian sport with all that she 's achieved um, so and, and
1: sport and sport you could argue i think too yeah yeah, I think so As definitely to, they're just all all sport she's she 's incredible
0: yeah she 's effectively the don bradman um, and, and it 's a shame that i don 't think she sort of gets the recognition on the major scale that she deserves because mm. she is. Probably one of the most recognisable sports people in the history of Australian sport, and when we're we're in a sort of position a transition period at the moment, where there is a lot of focus in Australia on what we can do to grow women's sport. I mean, we're seeing that through cricket, we're seeing that through AFL. Yeah, we're 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 very very cons- uh, you know open-minded and really driven to improve female development at squash level too it's happening everywhere it's a shame we didn't have someone like a Heather Mackay who was at the top of her game in in this in the sports Australians perspective to uh, to just encourage more people to go for that and, and encourage more women just to, to play sport full stop and excel at the best they can
1: yeah that's right I mean like there's and and it's not you know in instead of saying that too it's not really taking anything away from the fact that I'm sort of since then too, we've had, had like, you know, fantastic, like very high level, incredible squash players. It's just like the, 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 uh, probably the amount of people and the, um, amount of people doing it, I guess, to, to some extent outside of, you know, other specific programs at the Institute of Sport and, and at other, other kind of levels, like even outside of that, I always feel that, you know, that grassroots amount of clubs, amount of people playing, you know, has some real effect. And I sort of, I guess I, I say that too. I was, I was watching um, uh, a documentary a while back about um, something that sort of piqued my curiosity about why there were so many um, Egyptian players in, in the top, I, I think, you know, Egypt, currently still has, I think it's it's uh literally half of, of the men and women in the top ten or twenty are uh, um uh, Egyptian. I was like, Ooh. what's up with that? Like how's <laughs> how's it the and and there's a if if you search I'm um, for you may have already seen it, but um, for anyone else listening, if you search for um for something around those sort of terms, you'll find it there was this guy from um England I think who did uh documentary about it was really interesting about how um you know I can't remember it was like in late 90s I think there was there was this big surge one of the players who became a bit of a national figure and sort of national hero and um the Egyptian government who I think the president at the time was also a bit um squash crazy himself mm. and they just pumped this huge amount of money and mm. funds into this. They had this like figurehead and they pumped this and, and they made all these clubs is like hundreds of clubs. So just all, all through Egypt. And, and then since then, like it's, it's had this incredible grassroots um, sort of drive. Mm. And, and I thought, and I'm um, you know, not saying that's obviously not necessarily Realistic for everyone. That's what they did, but it just highlighted that fact to me that yeah. you know that it's it's kind of all all about you know just having people coming through that flows through to like the families of those kids who are probably also playing, and it becomes a real cultural and like almost like a national sport over there, um, and it kind of used to be in some way here. I think, I I feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. And, and and while I guess Australia's decline in the, in the rankings in terms of the production of players, is, it, it, there is that decline there, but it's also highlighting, as you said, with Egypt uh, and other countries as well, is that the, the num- their numbers are growing. So that there is a healthy player base around the world of, we're, we're still seeing more players around the, around the world uh, through their respective countries playing. So it's, we're, we 're not sort of experiencing a massive decline around the world we're probably in some areas we 're yeah. seeing them actually go up
1: yeah yeah that's right and and there's that and and sort of something that i you know, as as a person who's not necessarily in in the know as to why these things happen, but you see it then um, in the united States too um, there's the uh, the u s isn't isn't um, isn't uh, hasn't got like a huge amount of people in in the top, you know, 50 or sort of 100 either, mm. but they've got a huge amount of support then for squash and lots of major competitions. And so they have a lot of support behind it too. So, I mean, on varying levels, there's, you know, it's, it's an interesting mix because there's obviously elements of just having more facilities to play squash um, and having, having the people, I mean, with the willingness, like to put up the money to do that and not, um, not to turn them into gyms, mm. you know, and, and, and just to keep that alive, there kind of has to be, you know, money plus like a real passion for it too, because like, you're not just going to necessarily, I mean, some people, you know, a, a choice to turn into something that's going to make more profit or something else that's, I always feel like it's very much chicken in the egg because Mm. like you can't, you can't then move forward in a specific way unless you have, you know, a certain level of like infrastructure there. But then you can at the same time, if you've got the right amount of like passion to do it and people who, you know, put themselves out there to keep it moving forward. But suppose it's like with anything really, isn't it?
0: It's a supply and demand thing I think, and if you get if if the demand is quite high in the states for people to just to want to play and not necessarily you know work their way up the national ranks and just just play a few times a week or whatever it is and and they're filling up the the respective courts over there then I think that's that's fantastic, and it's keeping um anyone that wants to open a squash center over there if they if they're noticing there's already a good pool of people wanting to still still play then it's encouraging for more people to go. Well, we'll, we'll build a squash centre and we'll we'll uh, we'll start our own business and run that uh, because a lot of them. Are independently owned too around the country, not, mm. not necessarily just with the with the states. They're, they're and that's probably what we're we're experiencing at the moment, just during the COVID nineteen period. Is we're really experiencing the the fact that centres are closing down or or well, closing down during this period, and and they're privately owned business. People work that that's their bread and butter. So um, whereas a lot of other major sports that we see around the country, they're community based. a lot of you, you now up here you've got your rugby and uh, you have got your soccer there. They're, they're community-driven projects. They're not... that um, You don't have too many people that are employed to run the whole thing to keep it going. So, uh, whereas a lot of the squash centres are privately owned and, and that's where people make their bread and butter out of.
1: Yeah, no. So, as as a as a person who's now, like, the key sort of driving person in this particular role, um, like, you're doing a pretty good job, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I think you are. I think you're doing, like a really fantastic job actually. And, um, you know, it's great to like, as, as a person who's now kind of in this role, you've been in it for a while. What, what would you, what would you like to see? I know this is, this is kind of from you, but also as, as like representative of squash Australia, like what would you like to see for, for squash in Australia over the next, like say a bit more long-term, like four to five yeah. Years like, what's the um the general uh, sort of drive?
0: Probably selfishly, and I think this is where uh, our great mates over at Rockhampton are doing an exceptional job. The thing, the first thing that sort of comes to mind is I want to see more squash being visual, vi- visually accessible. So yeah. uh, I'd love to see squash centres around the country, if they're running a Tuesday night event or a Thursday night event. I mean, this, again, Rockhampton, I like, you know, get lots of notifications about what they're doing. If they've got streaming services there run them put it online so we can so people can sit down on a on a you know thursday night or whatever and they they might be at their computer or they 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 might be able to bring it up on youtube and just sit back and and watch some squash so i'd love to be able to like we've we've got over 450 centers around the country if we were able to get 100 of those to go look we've we'd love to learn more about streaming let's um let's let's do more of that and we can stream our own matches and and have that so so putting that exposure out there because we're not getting it on mainstream tv at the moment i think it's something that's going to it will happen over time because we um we, we we're going to be we're doing some work in that space but if you've got the capacity to do it but then i look at it from a I dial it back from a simple level um from a digital media perspective and i I just have this grand vision and I know it's not possible, but I would like to say over the next four to five years, if we're able to see maybe 60 to 80% of the centers uh, be very, very active in some capacity on Facebook or their websites or Instagram, Twitter, and then well, that can translate into YouTube and stuff.
1: Yeah. But then, you know, it's sort of, it might be possible though. Cause once again, it comes back to like a, a range of different factors. Like there's a lot of those are, are just simple human factors. I mean, the fact that, you know, I mean everybody has the facility you know to of course do that you know yeah. that's that's easy the uh, the hard part i mean and this is from you know us, us kind of working in this area too and seeing what what roadblocks are put in place for stuff by like unintentionally or um or sort of intentionally because people are often just uncomfortable with that or mm. they or they just simply don't know how then you just have a good plan you have people helping and next thing i know i'm oversimplifying it here Mm. but i think i think to some extent i i think this is my my sort of observations about this sort of stuff is that when things like if you look at it from the point of view of when things are successful like say either in other sports or, or other you know whatever those um activities are even if it's not sports related the times that things become successful is usually when there's like a person or people who have that specific task and role it's their job to do it they you know it's not it's not part of of other stuff because if it is it's going to be pushed usually to like the back of the queue yeah because uh, people are either then running their own business i mean everybody gets that that's sensible. If you've got stuff that you really don't feel is going to like feed your family and like pay your employees, probably probably not going to do it. That's just the reality of it. And if you got, and then you're doing your accounts and everything, um, you know, after the kids have gone to bed, you're probably not going to be going on Facebook and posting stuff. But if personal people to do that and then a support infrastructure, which is, you know, I mean, that's what I really like about what, you guys are doing too because at least like it's in it's in steps like it's an introduction of something that eventually will become habit because it kind of has to become habit doesn't it i guess yeah
0: definitely and, and, and coming and this is probably we, we sort of touched on this earlier about coming from local football and working community football and, and i know it's it's not an easy thing to do but this is where I, I, I personally am working with the states a little bit to provide. We w- ultimately we want to provide guidelines so we can assist centres, or the, the states can assist the centres to be able to introduce some basic social media training. Because the, the, the benefit that I see of social media, I, I see the I see it in, in working in two possible ways. Because when we, we to be honest, um, probably worldwide, squash itself it's a self promoter. It's uh, the, the, the mainstream media doesn't go to the well so much. A lot of the promotion you see worldwide is, is from what's happening within. So if I see the growth in social media, um, if I'm a interested community sponsor or I'm a local business that, that wants to support a, a local sports organization, I'm looking at social media. Uh, so I'd be looking at squash social media page, um, what they, what sort of traffic they're doing, what sort of hits they're getting. And so if I'm going to advertise with them and, and organize a little bit of a marketing thing for them, so we do the play of the week or whatever, and, and that gets 500 hits, and I'll be like, well, okay, that's I'm, I'm happy to put my money into that. So then the the more social media traffic you get, you're opening up more doors to get more, more money. In. And and I'm putting on my other, my media hat, um, bad visual there. Um, <laughs> uh, but when I used to work at a newspaper uh, back in the day, you, uh, if you had a little bit of spare space, you would look at, um, areas that uh, look at other sports that are, that, that are doing a bit well on social media. So yes. they, they've, they've got regular content for them. So then you've got, we've noticed that recently we've, uh, we've had a number of, uh, We've done a number of stories with the ADC. Um, the more stuff that that as a sport are producing online, it draws attention of some of the other mainstream media people who are looking to do that. So if you're building it from within, you're attracting more money and you're attracting more mainstream media exposure. And then if you continue on that momentum, you'll likely stay in that eye of that of that because you want some, when you're in the 100%. working in mainstream media, yeah. you want something that captures your attention and, and and continues to capture your attention. And so if you're seeing more stories, are getting getting
1: put out there that's where you want to go to the well more often and and it's a good story then too isn't it you know absolutely yeah it comes back to because i mean i'm i'm not a i'm I'm not a media person but my impression has has always been that you know you're there would always be to some extent like a shortage of stories and you're always on the hunt for Mm -hmm. good stories absolutely And, and I mean, sometimes they have to be made up then too don 't they but yeah that's <laughs> that's another, right. but that 's another story <laughs> but, that's, uh, but that's but that idea though is i mean it 's kind of rife for the picking too, because you know knowing that fact, whether it 's you know through traditional media and their online channels or what we 're talking about with people doing community um community based stuff and um sharing with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then some of those people being in business, and some of those people also being squash players, and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can, it can sort of, um, uh, well, let's not use the word viral because that's kind of, a bit yeah, yep. Viral, <laughs> that sounds yeah. a bit too viral. <laughs> is that, but that idea though is really, is a really, a real thing. Like the terms bandied around a lot, mm. things going viral, but viral on whatever level. Yeah. you know meaning that an an idea um if it's like a uh what's the term it's like a a sticky idea like something that that people that sticks in people's minds for whatever reason it's just it really captures people's attention um, either you know through emotion or somebody doing well or or sort of whatever
0: it comes back to the people's stories too, yeah, and and, and people start, identify somewhere. with yeah, and 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 to be honest, like I mentioned, Rockhampton before, up in uh, up in Northern Queensland, but I know they do regular streaming. I'll get notifications, so on a personal level, I'll often I'll either share it or I'll sit back and I'll it doesn't matter who's playing, but I I will just habitually sit back for five or ten minutes and just watch the games that's 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 sort of happening, yeah. But because they they they're doing it more often then you're becoming used to it, you're becoming trained to it and you're looking out for it.
1: But it was, I was just, I was actually thinking about kind of that, the whole watching online and watching in the real world squash thing when I was I was playing um, the other night and I was like, you're watching, that's always a big part of when you're playing squash because of, I guess, the physical setup of it and people are walking around, they're playing. Like it's it's a really good, you know, forum to watch a range of different games. And oh. that's and I was thinking if you could if you could somehow oh. you know, apart obviously from like the streaming side of things, if you can capture more of that and share that and you know somehow get that same uh well not the same experience because it's never gonna be the same. Mm. But you know, as as it starts to like snowball and there's more interest and more people, you know, generally um Sharing is that's obviously the power of things like social media specifically is, is obviously all about content and then all about people sharing it and liking it and telling other people and that, you know, that's, you know, to get your, your audience kind of working for you in effect. You know, yeah, to... and
0: particularly during these these tough times as well. One of the big things that stood out to me during COVID and uh, just the work that the Victoria squash and racquetball team have been doing with their their uh, their weekly game shows uh, that they were doing that every night. And 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 what they were doing is that they charged ten dollars per night, but that money went back into the sport. But I think at any one time they might have had maybe forty centres, at the, the people from forty centres join every every Tuesday night. And during tough times, it was a way to bring the community together. And I think it was, it's fantastic because it started off small, but it just continued to grow. But it's all about sort of bringing communities together. But it was innovative, and it was innovative in a way that was also putting, not, always, not, bringing, not just bringing people together, and, and also, they, they were bringing stars, former stars. Uh, they're special, they had a special guest every week, so they'd have some of the biggest names in Squash Australia history come in and be special guests and participate in the, yeah, in the game show right. itself. And so, and, and they, would, they would provide a platform for the, everyone that was there to ask questions and do a bit of a Q&A afterwards. So it was a way to bring the centres together but also engage with people. Like uh, I remember sitting in on one where, they, uh, where we had Stuart Boswell who was a special guest there. Um, and people were able to learn from him and ask questions going, you know, Bos, what, what sort of uh, recommendations do you have for, for these sorts of drills? And, and so they were able to get coaching tips off him um and even uh yeah some other big names they're able to pick some, pick their brains and get some coaching tips and um, and ask some questions and uh, and and then they're able to take that to their respective games so th- that's something i was really excited about with victoria just sort of thinking outside the box because it has stimulated the conversation i mean it's a pipe dream but if we had if we we're able to lure more states to doing like an international or, or a national um game show where we could have people representing all over the country, different States to be able to bring them together and, and just engage and, uh, and, and whatnot. And I mean, I can even draw that on the experience where we had the, uh, the coach and referee forum where we were the guys that were running it. were expecting probably a combined total of 50 people, but they ended up getting um, a combined total of 200 people. And now having people from all around the country engaging, and they would have someone that was running the seminar or running the conference. And they were able to ask more questions. So, we're looking at ways at the moment, when we're talking about the streaming and the way we've got to be self-promoting and stuff that Victoria is doing, but ways to just bring people together from all over the country that physically can't be there and engage at the same time and collaborate with ideas and take that back to their centres or their states and, uh, and continue to grow the sport from there as opposed to having people from Western Australia fly to Victoria or Tasmania flying to Northern Territory. Like it's, it's, I think this is the, the, where technology is certainly playing its part.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent, and it's a great, you know, like any, like all, all technology or things that we use as, as people for business or or for pleasure. Like these things are great tools. You know, they're good, good tool to. You know, that's the that's kind of the thing that's sort of the weird irony about um, social media. I always find, like even sort of working in this industry, is that it's it's both it it is is both in one respect sort of a disconnect from the real world but at the same time an amazing tool to still bring people together you know mm-hmm. and 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 to and to share stories and and it's sort of um and it doesn't doesn't have to be one or the other too because like I always find like the sweet spot for how like any digital media or any like especially social media works is where there's like a tighter connection between what's actually happening in the real world. And it's not a replacement for that. It's sort of enhancing it. It's, mm. it's like, it's like showing things that you know, either for people who couldn't be there or like, you know, I, I would just use probably my own example of when I used to play squash years ago and hadn't played for a while and returned um, a few years ago and you know like squash kind of, crazy ever since again (laughs) (laughs) and so like in a a, a pretty intense kind of way but the thing that I found when I first came back having not um, watched or thought about or sort of had really any exposure except for an occasional hit like very rarely was I went online and I found like squash tv and I found like everything that I mean, the PSA was putting out there mm. and I was like, that's not what I remember squash to be like. <laughs> I was like, man, this is really amazing. And mm. I was, I was, I was kind of sucked straight away, sucked straight back into it. Um, Not only because of that, but you know, I was obviously playing squash too, but that, the way they were visualizing it, and all the innovation that they had for showing squash in various kind of um, environments in all all sorts of places around the world, I was like, "That's fantastic!" That's like, from a media perspective, I was like, "That is that highlights squash in a fantastic, dynamic, visual, interesting, informative way." The commentators, like the commentary is great Um and it kind of I guess like on a very simple level because like you know squash is I guess like many people know like it's a pretty dynamic sport and it's it's not and I don't and I always knew that like playing squash but visually it wasn't it didn't um have that vibe it wasn't always put across in that way
0: mm-hmm. but then
1: seeing this in this brand new light like thrust into it again you know kind of overnight and then going online and finding all this stuff was like that's it like that's you know that's it's
0: amazing uh, too because it ties into what we were talking about before is that what you're seeing on the PSA uh, circuit that's the sport driving itself it's not a major media organization uh going in you know I'm going to pick that up and, and go for a run and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do it our way it's a lot of, of everything of what you're seeing. Most of the content you're seeing online is the sport going, well, we, we need to grow our market. We need to promote ourselves. So this is what we're doing. The PSA have done an outstanding job, but that's all come from themselves, which is yeah. terrific.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. And then you've got, um, um, you know, squash skills online. Uh, there's like that is, is a, a site, which is, is sort of, I'm not sure the exact association with, with the PSA, but you know um, you know online online learning is of course a huge thing these days and even just from a media perspective like even yeah you know, as as a person who who builds websites and apps and and um, designs brands and a range of different things I was like that's really it's well done it's really it it looks amazing it's modern it's fresh it represents got fantastic content you know from yeah, you know, things that are really valuable. Like it's just a great example. Outside of my interest in squash, I was like, you know, I went over there. I was like, oh, oh well, squash skills—is—is is that going to be of any benefit, any um, benefit to me as a squash player? I tried it out. It's amazing, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not. <laughs> by the way, everyone listening, I'm not. I'm not trying to sell like squash skills here. You know, <laughs> but, but I'm. I'm. I'm just like using it as as a. Example, because you know, it kind of feeds into this idea of um, of you know, learning and sharing mm. as a as a, a like as as a great tool to you know to share, um, I guess like almost share like the passion that people have. Like when you got great content, mm-hmm. you got great stories, the work does itself, doesn't it? Like it, it sort of correct.
0: And, and this sells is probably. Itself. It's probably been um, what we're seeing all around the world at the moment. We're seeing just a, a united front from from, as hopefully all sports to go, well, we want to we want to increase women participation full stop. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more materials looking at the foundations of the sport. So there's a lot more basic things that can encourage people to the, the basic skills and, and certain knowledges to start from the bottom up and, and build their way up. So it's great for people like yourself who are returning to the game who are able to actually... Look on some of those resources, particularly in the squash circuit, and and go back to basics because that, that information's yeah. there, which is what you need to you need to learn. If you, if there's directive from you know, particular sports to get more women to play, well, you need to go back to your foundations. You need to go back to the fundamentals. And and, and coming from a, a female football background back in Victoria, is there was a lot of uh, a lot of resources being pumped into just teaching very basic skills to get women. To play the to play the game and, and captivate their interest if you 're a new person if you're a, if you 're a young young guy look that 's looking to try and play that game well you can re, you can use those resources again so I think it 's a fantastic opportunity worldwide that we 're seeing more range of ed, more range of education that uh, the people can access now because of the focus of having to try and bring more people into the game which suits fifty percent of the uh, the world demographic
1: yeah yeah and you 've got the, the perspective too like the, as a, our our perspective or mine personally looking at that was also from the perspective of a designer going, I think that's really cool. You know, just on a really simple level, I was going, if I was doing that, like I, I look at what other designers and other people do. And I go, that's, that's great. Like that's well executed. And that sounds like a really um, say insignificant Thing maybe to a lot of other people listening but like the fact is too people's uh people in general whether they they sort of really think about this or not which they probably don't um like the fact remains that people in general whether it's you know their personal interests or sport related things people have much higher level of sort of expectations of what they're used to mm-hmm. because the amount, the quality of, of media and content and also the amount of it mm. that people are absorbing gives people, um, I think anyway, I mean, I'm sure other people might have a differing point of view on this, but my perspective is that people in general have a much better sense of, of what is good and what isn't in terms of like good design. I mean, it's all all a bit subjective if you want to talk, you know, about mm. art, whatever, but outside of stylistically, like you know, flouncy, clean, <laughs> design, whatever, you know, um, there's still good and bad, and there's still things that are really well executed, and you know, from a design perspective and, and online, and that's where things like you know, what a PSA um has done and things like squash skills just from my own perspective, that was still a factor like mm-hmm. if i if i and i mean I know this is the case i don't i don 't have to um have to go back in time and revisit it in like another alternate universe if like those sites and everything was really badly done would i have would I have been so interested i don 't think I would have been mm. like i if if I was really honest. It's like, you know, if anyone listening, if you ask yourself the question, if you go to somebody's website and like, even sometimes if you know they provide a good service and you go there and your experience is bad for whatever reason, it looks dodgy or it's not working or something. What's your general feeling? It's usually hmm, question in your mind or no, I'll just go somewhere else.
0: Oh, it's it's like being back on the dating scene again, mates. If uh, if you if you look at another person there and you go, oh, they they look all right. Well, then you're not going to look an ordinary looking person, and you go, oh, look, I'll I'll, I'll double in there and I'll have a crack, and they they might end up being an amazing person. You've got to have something. We're we're we creatures of habit that we. Uh, and uh, I debate this with my better half all the time because I I'm not I'm not a much of a visual person, but that's me being lazy. But Something does if something stands out visually, you're more likely to just go, "Yeah, I'm, g- I'm going to check that out." But you hit the nail on the head. Before is it? we've got so much media content out there, and you need something to stand out above the rest that captures your eye and go, "Yeah, I'm going to check that out."
1: Yeah, and and it can be it can be as simple as not being as bad as everything else. Like in in, in some that sounds probably funny, but like some some industries more than other ones have you know probably a, a higher rate of like bad looking content <laughs> it's not yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's not well realized it's not i I won't give an example because I'm not going to like make anyone upset but um <laughs> yeah but but you know that's that's the fact and there's and people that's that's why you know the biggest companies in the world invest huge amounts of money and resources and time and energy into building brands because mm. it's super important and that's not only just like the brand logo it's like everything that comes from that it's like the culture and it's it's all the language it's what you do it's you know listening it's audio it's visual and like tying all that together um in order to to sell you know stories and ideas is like super important and um what do you think chris mm-hmm. about squashing the olympics
0: Oh, definitely! I think I think it's a no-brainer. I would love to see that. Uh, I'm I'm a massive fan of the Olympics. Anyway, I I just absolutely thrive off it. I I think we've got some good talent coming through uh, worldwide. It's the ultimate opportunity to get that exposure to encourage more people. We see these uh, massive national because Olympics is one of the biggest events in the world. It's like with the soccer World Cup. How many? How many people go back and, and, and play soccer? They, they watch it. They, they, they yeah. and they'll go. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go play soccer for the first time. So if you've got squash in the Olympics, you've got millions, if not billions, of eyes on on the event. Yeah, uh, it might be the only time people get that exposure to that particular sport. But if you get a, a small percentage of those people that, that watch that particular sport and uh, and go and join their club, yeah, you're it could on be a the winner. catalyst.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the worth same. the money
0: that the that the government forks into the to putting this team together to send over there. I think.
1: Yeah, and and then you know, and and then even just the fact that it's 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 still not like the debate, you know, on online and offline about why it's still not in the Olympics and they had the bid and they had like you know, um, uh, um, two of the world's like all time greats in in the last bid to, um. Uh, to sort of sell the idea, to pitch it, once again, unsuccessful. But you're right. I mean, it's it's the same, I guess, like it's it gets back to what I was saying before when we were talking about Egypt and that from what seemed to be like the initial catalyst for that happening was really a simple, it was kind of inspiration. It was like people it doesn't always have to be an individual or individuals, but often it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no different. I'm sort of inspired by certain players that I see. I was like, that's amazing. Like I, you know, i am like unashamedly uh, a fanboy of like certain Mm. people. It's just (laughs) like, yeah, I just am like, I, I just, but, and, and that idea of being inspired is super powerful idea. It's like really you know inspires young and old I mean to do things, and you're right like they having having something having like huge world stage that would be ideal mm. but it certainly happened for um being involved in um taekwondo as as a sport also for many years now, like I saw when when um Lauren burns, I think was it yeah um, yeah, when uh, we we had the um, the Sydney games here, mm-hmm. um, which was a big thing in itself, and that was the first time the sport was introduced like as as a a sport in the games did incredible things for it here in Australia there was just a huge surge in, in interest in it in in general as a result of of it being in the games and um and like she absolutely um, in the gold and the other. Um two of the other guys winning, I think um which we were like lucky enough to train within our club at the time these guys, and like even even that like that idea of being inspired by these things is is like you know <laughs> amazing um for you know people who are just you know starting out and to see that and feel like that's yeah you know, it's close to home, it's people that you can actually you know sort of talk to mm. is has a big effect like it's it's sort of it's a bit it's hard to quantify it, but it's i think it has a far bigger far reaching effect than many people might even realize
0: yeah well, and and that's where australia is very good at commonwealth games when we had the commonwealth games here on the gold coast mm. uh, the other year a few years ago australia cleaned up in the gold medal count so yeah yeah i so, remember that it's very best talent on the court is great enough to compete with the best countries in the world. And to do that on the big stage would be an incredible feat for, for Australian squash. Uh, No doubt about that at all. And there's already a lot of excitement that's heading into Birmingham in 2022 and also even heading into the world doubles on the Gold Coast next year because we do have such quality players up the top that uh, we're excited to, to have be a part of the Australian team. And naturally, the the, the greatest success that they, we hope they, we we want them to be very successful, but that will reflect, um, that will, I guess, radiate to the rest of the sporting community in Australia where other people will go well i wouldn 't mind getting getting into squash. I might, not, I might want to be the next Cam or, or or Donna Urquhart or you know all, all these great names that are sort of floating around and the next generation of stars that, that we 've got coming through. They want to aspire to be like them I think it 's the best way to to promote the sport on the on the biggest stage and I think I generally believe without no bias that where squash in Australia is placed at the moment it is in a very, very good point because we've uh, we're building such good relationships with our states and our key stakeholders and we've got an outstanding team on board many of them like myself who have come from different sports who are able to bring little bits and pieces from that to to collaborate and, and incorporate incorporate to what the, the brand that we're trying to establish to um, to build the big motto that we're really promoting at the moment is we're we're not squash australia we're we're const, we're really concerned about or focused on building squash in australia squash in queensland squash in new south wales et cetera. those are the those are the those are the lines we're pumping out at the moment and, and i think having the benefit of being in the Olympics and, and having, you know, being in the Commonwealth Games and all these things to have that exposure, it's giving us a chance to push our message that we are focused on promoting squash in Australia. It doesn't matter whether you're 80 years old or you're, you're 10 years old or you're, 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 able abled or you're disabled. We're looking at the big picture here.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, that I, I um, I've always observed and kind of really liked about squash. And I find that it, it, it to be, um, it seems to be quite, unique to squash in many ways is the, is the um, how sort of equitable in many ways you, you is like squash is like when you go and play squash now, I mean, it's, I understand it's a bit driven by, you know, people being put, you know, men and women and all sorts of ages being put into, into the mix because there's um, sometimes not as many teams. Correct. But like the fact is, you can play against like someone who's half your age or someone who's almost like, you know, twice your age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's, and um, if they're in the same grade, like you don't, you don't have that experience like almost anywhere else. And I always mm-hmm. find it like really <laughs> incredible that, you know, you can be, you know, can be like you know, trounced by um, a person who's almost like twice your age in some instances who are like still like a real gun and still like playing (laughs) credible squash and you know to being quite young and all sorts of different walks of life i mean that's that's not that exclusive to squash like that part of it but you know that Uh, it's it's important i really like like i really enjoy that about squash
0: and, and and the other thing I sort of enjoy about the sport as well is that coming from a Victorian background, and I've touched on that many times, but playing a bl- little bit of footy back in the day, I, and I go back, I go out on the squash court and I think there is so many skills that whether it be footy or cricket or, you know, even soccer, it's, it's all coordination. You're looking at 360 degree views. There are so many skills from some of these other sports that fit automatically right into the squash arena, which, and unlike racket sports like tennis, you, tennis, you, you've only got what's, what's in front of you. But when you're playing squash, you've got the 360 degree view where you can play off the walls uh, or either on the side or behind you. So many sports require on 360 degree coordination and quick, sharp eye hand coordination and decision making, very quick decision making which which uh, that's what happens in squash and it happens in many of these other major sports here in Australia. its I think there's just so many skills and I don't see why we can't see more people playing squash, but also playing other sports at the same time. I'd like to see yeah. because we're so used to, you know, we should be encouraging more dual sports being played.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, just getting back also to what we were saying before about Um, a lot of people that you meet or talk to who or who used to play squash but I I I can like safely say I know as many if not maybe more people that I know that occasionally play social squash with who um, would would fit in just just fine at you know at a at a sort of a high level playing squash they just don't and um, they choose not to, um, oh. because like they don't, I mean, for whatever reason. But there's there's like this big pool of of people who used to play squash and still actually play like social squash. Uh the guy I um, was saying before we went sort of on on air too, I sold a couple of um you know, rackets just recently. Uh-huh. And and I was having a chat um, you know, with the bloke when when he he grabbed the rackets and he he plays all the time. I mean cool. he plays like once a week with his his brother, plays really regularly, but doesn't want to play um, used to play Comp Squash. But um yeah, that's just one example, but I know many people like that. So I mean it's you know, I as obviously an element of what people do, or why people play different sports is you know, largely out of enjoyment is what like mm. most of us do it for is, is just for enjoyment. You know, you want to have fun. And then it, if you're playing competition, it's more competitive, obviously. And there's other aspects to it, depending on what level you're playing it at. But I think most people, there's still, there's still that general in, enjoyment of it for very similar reasons. I always found in squash, that so you talk to, I don't know. There seems to be a certain uh zealousness about squash I found I and mean, I don't I haven't had um I've only had exposure to a few other sort of sports, but I've never quite found the same zealousness in the sports mm. so <laughs> squash, which I always really like. You know, I, I it it says I don't know what it exactly says, I haven't quite worked that out, but um it says something about the attraction of it. Mm. Um I think I think if I was going to try to quantify it, it's sort of this mix of, um, for me anyway, it's like this mix of having to, like having to sort of perform in this physical way with this range of different sort of skills, but combined with this strategic element. It's um, because like chess. Yeah, yeah, And, and because it's often described as like a you know, sport version of chess. And mm-hmm. so you sort of have to do that, but you've got to do it in real time, you know, often like really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of as a certain sort of different excitement to that mm-hmm. a combination of those things.
0: Well, I, I often say to people that are that, that are asking about the game a little bit more, and I, the part that I, I don't understand is I don't understand why we haven't got younger, more younger people who have got short attention spans not playing or, or, or engaging with it because I think uh, if, if you, you could sit down and watch, uh, watch two people who are pretty pretty good go head-to-head, they might play a 25-minute match. In that 25-minute match, you have got pulsating energy, high-action intensity, adrenaline... That full 25 minutes, it's over and done within 25 minutes yeah. because of the short attention span. You're getting more action, more physical action, people <laughs> jumping over the court. It's, it's insane to, 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 to sort of think. There's a lot of young people out there, they're like, Oh, you know, we, we want things done, we want things done quickly, and everything. We'll sit back and watch two people play squash for 25 minutes, and you won't get a dull moment. It's like other sports are looking to try and condense their sports down to, uh, to, to modified versions. But squash in its purest format, it's got it all there. So it's a it's a package that's right there to sell to the to the masses to the younger people to go. Well, yeah. if you want something short, sweet, and high energy, here it is.
1: <laughs> that's a great perspective. I've never heard that before. But I'm a very true, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like it's it yeah. It's very it's very high high intensity, and I guess like the you know what I was saying before about my initial like visual sort of reattraction and re-exploring the world of squash on online, that idea of how it had been sort of reinvented visually, same, same sport, mm. you know, like exactly the same sport, <laughs> slightly different, you know, there's, there's been, I guess like a bit of a drive uh, that uh, some different elements or styles are more attacking styles, different to, some elements that were um, in the past, but still essentially just the same game. But then I was thinking, well, what's different? It's like just visually they changed a few little things. There's mm. obviously been white balls for ages, you know. But just the environment they've done it in, the way they've stepped things up visually. I thought, I mean, the only difference is that like they've mm. and and the filming quality is better, and they've got you know. And of course, the commentators too play like a really big part. The commentators then mm-hmm. are, are are really funny. Like they're great, and yeah. that plays like it's a huge. You know, it's what like I've. I've I mean, I listen to some of the stuff that you've done with Squash Australia. It's great. Like it's it's at that. It's a it's a really big, important part. I think about yeah. kind of, again, the story about, um, you know, sort of expression and people getting. A feeling that you know these are real people talking it's it's not you know it's not doesn't feel scripted it's natural it's it's fun you know that's it's all really important stuff
0: yeah it's it's i found that out because i've got some feedback about when i started streaming for the first time and i was learning a bit about about the game um but I just have a habit of, if I see something exciting, you just become completely absorbed by what's going on and you just get excited. And, and the traditional common commentary, it's like... Um,
1: I've noticed that about you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you, but you watch something, you're just like, oh, this this is really exciting. I'm not looking at it from a, as a squash fan. I'm looking at it as a sports fan. If somebody yeah. plays an awesome shot, you're living that awesome shot. So, um, and I think for me, what I, what I want to sort of try and learn over the time is learn how to incorporate... Um, the the basic commentary of, of, of squash but also keep the natural element of I'm, I'm a sports fan I'm not I'm not a I'm not a cricket fan I'm not a soccer fan I'm a sports fan sitting back and I'm watching something exciting so when I get excited about something and I want I want, to, I want other people who are new to the sport they're watching it out of interest to be excited too because They get that excitement out of other sports because that's the colour commentary they're they're sort of used to. So it's about sort of finding that balance too. Uh, But but that's the part where I I sort of enjoy it. If I see a great shot, I just I'll I'll go off my nut because I just it's so exciting and you you you're living it and it's and it's something you you can't fabricate at all. And you still remember those times where people have been around you and you've got something excited. You've been excited about something. And then they come back to tell you to go, oh, you were really excited watching that Watching that back. I was like, oh, that was exciting. And they got excited too. So you often hear stories like that. But then you watch, you watch someone with PSA doing and, and then you hear someone like a, a Jenny Duncalf because I've heard her do special comments a lot of times. Mm. And just the way she pronounces the, the actions of the game and her, her insight and, it's, um, and, and coming from a girl, the way she sort of promotes it, it's sort of you can't help but be drawn in so what's sort of going on and you're not just watching the great game that's happening in front of you, but you're learning more about the game. And so it's like getting some additional coaching when you're, uh, but, but you're watching a game as well. So yeah. you're taking some of those things, you go back and you go back to the court and I'll go, right, what did Jenny say about that moving on to the forehand and learning about that position, that comment that she made, those are the things that sort of stick with you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been as, as, as just once again, like a fanboy and like a person who plays squash, I, I've been I there's there's been like countless times where it's just been completely unintentional, just uh anecdotal things that um um some players have said like I mean I uh, will stop and other people and I've been like that sounds like pretty good advice. I'm just yeah. gonna give that a go and and just work things into into sort of a routine and and yeah, that the the idea like you don't you don't then start to get that benefit, I guess, as individuals, um, in that same sort of way, unless then, you know, what they're doing is is happening, like creating, I guess with the bigger picture, a culture around that commentary too, which which you know, I feel that you're doing Really well, and then observing in that environment in like the p s a they do that really well too, and I think that's kind of at the heart of it it's it's this mm. you know it's having this this sort of banter and commentary that is um, is really professional well presented, like amazingly presented really uh, really great insights that are exciting because when you're a fan of things having little insights into into people that you look up to or you sort of, you see mm. and seeing them talking about things in just a really normal sort of way is always incredibly interesting. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's at the heart of like what we were saying before, like why I think online media, like where that, that sweet spot is. Mm. It's like this meeting of the real world, getting a real, like a real sense via digital media of you know of like the real person it's just Mm. it's it's really nice well
0: i found that even when i started streaming and i started commentating with uh with rod banister i've i learned so much about watching the game for him because what i would do because I'm, i'm i'm like yourself you do ask a lot of questions i found in a lot of the calls that we started to do as i was starting to get used to it is that I would ask Rod what, what 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 advice would you give to this player? Well, while, while they're getting ready to set up for the next point, what advice would you give to this player if you were a coach? Because I know he's a coach, and so then he would give his insight, and I would listen to him. And so, uh, in in later matches where he was tied up doing other things, and I was calling him on my own, I would draw back from some of Rod's advice and then incorporate into that. I I, I do uh, I do some streaming for for another sport, and I had. Uh, an elite athlete that I was doing special comments with a few weeks ago and I asked her questions and she gave some, some valuable insight, not just for the viewers, but I was learning a lot as well. So I think whether you're you're in the commentary booth or you're, you're out on the court or you're watching the game, whatever it is, whatever role it is, you're always learning ways to improve the game and always learning it to, it's a great knowledge. But that happens because we're seeing more, more people putting this, putting squash on online. Um, and, and that's why it's really, it sort of draws yeah. back on what we were just discussing before. If we've got more people watch, uh, streaming more squash online, particularly here in Australia, we've got more chances to learn the game a lot more, to watch the game a lot more, and then you can take those skills when you're, when you're in your own home environment and go to the court and then go and execute them yourself.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. So I guess as we're, as we're getting towards the um, um, towards the end of the podcast, I'll just get... Uh, I'll get you just to give everyone listening a bit of an idea of, of say what um, we've talked about uh, um, all the various things that squash Australia is doing, but um, can you give us, um, I mean, one or two specific things that uh, squash, squash Australia is doing um, right now, like in, in terms of either um, um, sort of programs or specific things that are happening just in um, sort of real time now.
0: Uh, so a lot of the major things we are we are working on is we're looking to further grow our high performance program. Um, the mental wellness thing has certainly been a, a massive focus. So uh, where the where the high performance at team at the moment with uh, with its resources is the best it, it ever has been. Uh, the and, and this has been a we're building a lot of great foundation blocks for any players younger or older that comes into this program in the future mm. the work that's been done in the mental health wellness space which is probably more important now than any time in australia in in recent memory in light yep. of everything that's been going on um so there's a lot of work that's been done in that space so that in the future when the current climate does improve that squash australia has more of a grasp and, and and more working more closely with the mental wellness things and, and assisting younger players with their education, their their job life and getting that balance. Correct. Yeah. And then, and then at the moment there's a lot of collaboration uh, with, with us sort of working with other States to, to improve areas of participation uh, and communication and a number of other areas as well. So we're, we're ensuring there's more information that's available, more resources with what we saw with the, uh, with the referee and coaches conferences. This is only the beginning in that, Platform, so we're looking at using that technology more to bring more people together from all around the country to engage and collaborate with better resources, and and have people from around the world with higher expertise to provide their insight to ensure that when people go back to doing the off-court stuff or the on-court stuff, that they're getting access to more information. So these are some of the big things that we're working on, mm. which ties into our uh, ties in, I guess, to our unofficial mantra at the moment is. We're looking at working at squash in Australia, which incorporates everything under that umbrella—not just what's happening on the court, not not what what's happening in our organisation, but what's happening everywhere.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. That's a it's it's um yeah, it sounds like that uh, that last thing you were saying uh, with the um, you I know, mean, refereeing and as like in uh, everything seems to be geared from what you were saying to, you know, making better connections mm. you know, which is which is is great because i mean that's that's ultimately at its simplest level what it's all about really isn't it yeah like absolutely because
0: all... pe- people are going through isolation at the moment in their own various ways and it's tough especially so. now yeah so if we can provide resources out there where they can still engage and interact with the sport the best way that they can, because sport is an outlet for them to uh, to assist them with uh, just creating that sort of better wellbeing balance. So again, this sort of ties in again with not just with what's happening at high performance, but we're looking to try and ensure that people can get access to more resources that can help them enjoy their hobby a lot more, even if they can't get on the court. And just bring people together. And uh, we're, that's, that's where a lot of our work has, uh, has, has been sort of based on over the last sort of four or five months now during the COVID period is, is we've've we've, we've done our work to ensure that we're all working a lot closer together in this climate and we're trying to uh, execute that with other states and, and and make sure that we get more resources, more assistance with them. So we, when we have our weekly state meetings, we've got more staff, more squash Australia staff attending those meetings so that, that we can hear more of what's going on and then if if they've got any questions, they can relay that that back to us. Not just on a monthly basis or anything like that, but on a weekly basis. So they know that they've got more people to uh, to work with, and we I'm going to be kickstarting those staff videos again next week, where we, we're targeting each individual staff member, where they're getting the opportunity to discuss what ideas, what projects they've got going on at this stage. We can put that in text or anything like that. But my focus is we want to put we want to put these guys as the face of that particular area. We want to showcase Stuart Boswell because he's doing a great work as a, as a coach. We want to um, showcase uh, our, the, uh, Meredith Hodson who's doing a lot of work in the sporting schools program. So when people think sporting schools, they think of her, they think they can go to her for information or assistance. So we're looking at all these identities to put our faces out there more to go, hey, we're, this is what we're doing. We want you guys to uh, to approach us anytime. We want to help you and, and you and make your sport better and make your life better in this space.
1: Has squash Australia got a podcast?
0: No, no, not not yet, not yet. This is a uh, you, you should you should have that. Chris. You should get one. We'll have the one. Oh, I can't. I I I, I can I'm really short on words, mate. I can't really talk that much. So,
1: yeah, no, no. You'd be you'd be terrible on a podcast. <laughs> just me. This wouldn't work out. No. no, not at all, mate. Not at all. Nah. <laughs> no, no. Quite quite the opposite. I'm I'm sort of saying that seriously because I think it's. You know, it's obviously there's, there's a range of sort of ways you could probably even you know turn video content then also into podcast too. But that's another matter.
0: That's another matter that's a,
1: definitely. <laughs> that's another matter. That's just my, my um. 20 cents or whatever it is.
0: I, th- I think you're doing an amazing job in the space that you're doing, mate. And, 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 that, and, and that's the thing that we're really excited about at Squash Australia is that we've got so many people like yourself who are, who are going out there and doing tremendous work uh, and, and essentially, you know, you're, you're volunteering your time to promoting the sport in, in the way that you, you can. And, and I think the more we have from that, it ties into what we're building. We, we build from within to promote with the rest of the country uh, yeah. and to promote the rest of the world. The, the work that yourself is doing, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And, and, and we want to be seeing more of this. We want to see people appreciating that because um, the exposure that provides for the sport is invaluable and, and, what it, and it's reached to other areas of the country. It's It's what we want to be seeing more of.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing it, which I think, you know, I think most people that do things that they, they want to share that they feel are important for whatever reason they do it because they, they love something and they really enjoy it and makes them feel good. They know it's, it's you know, good for themselves and for other people. And I mean, that's, that's really the simple driving force for it is, is because I think it's important. You know, I, I and 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 also because I I would like to see a lot more people playing squash because I think people would really enjoy it. You know, I think they would. But you know, that's from a um, that's from a, a squash lover. So, but <laughs> but anyway, I, as as the last as the last little bit, I'll just get you um. Also, before we wrap up, can you just share with everyone a um a. a a quote or something that you feel is, is sort of relevant or that you like to, um, to share with everyone.
0: Very simple, mate. Whatever you do, don't do it halfway.
1: Mm, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, Chris. I like that one. <laughs> Thanks so much again. It's been a real pleasure. And the, um,
0: the pleasure's okay. mine, mate. And the, and the work you're doing is, is terrific. And it's providing a platform for, for myself and, and, and others in the sport to have a voice to share with the community and, uh, and really promote the sport of squash. So what you're doing is a tremendous job, mate. We do appreciate it.
1: And and you're available like anytime you want to come on again. Absolutely. Yeah, I just share. give me a call,
0: mate. I love it. Absolutely love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast yet again. Before we go, please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Grow your Business podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day
0: and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business podcast.